The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Well, welcome to The Career Confidant. And good afternoon if you're tuning in live. If you're tuning in on podcast, thank you for downloading. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zeminoff. I'm so happy that you've joined us today. In this show, we'll be exploring skills and tools that can help all of us manage our own careers in today's de-jobbing free agent economy. Each week, I'll share my experiences helping thousands of of professionals advance their careers And I'll bring in industry leaders to provide career intelligence to help you stay ahead of the curve and proactively moving towards your career goals. This afternoon, we're going to focus on career change. Last week, we talked about goals and resolutions, and many of you may be starting off with the goal for 2014 to make a career change. As a career counselor and career coach, I've worked with thousands of professionals in the midst of career change, both as individuals and in workshops focused on directing the career change process. Today, we're going to walk through some of their stories as we explore a three-step process for career change. You know, career change has become a hot topic probably in the last five years, if you've heard the research about how we're changing careers every five to seven years. And that's not just jobs, that's actual careers. People are changing every five to seven years. And so as we're changing, we also see that people want to change more. A Gallup poll research recently showed that about 70% of job seekers are disengaged at their current job. So that means 70% of us are sitting around, maybe not actively looking for another job, but we'd be open to it if someone was talking. And probably about 35% of us are actively looking for something new. CBS News reported that only 45% of us are satisfied with our jobs, and that was in 2010. And more recently, in 2012, Forbes reported data from Wright Management, a division of manpower, that 35% are satisfied or somewhat satisfied. So that's a a whopping 65% that are less than somewhat satisfied at our jobs. So if you're thinking about a career change, you're definitely not alone. And that doesn't make the process any easier. So today we're going to be demystifying that process. 
Over the years, I've had many individuals who were seeking career change come into my office or a workshop and tell me about all the assessments that they've been doing, all the data they've been gathering about themselves. They've taken the Myers-Briggs, they've taken the Strong Interest Inventory, the DISC, or some other assessment or activities in books like What Color Is Your Parachute, all of these things that help us gather information about ourselves, and they can be very helpful during career change. And still, sometimes, they can get us on overload. And that's typically where individuals are when they walk through my door or into a workshop. They're overwhelmed. They don't know what to do with all of this information. And they just don't know where to go next. And maybe you're feeling a little bit like that today. So as I've worked with these professionals, most of whom are mid-career, I've developed a process focused on helping you identify and translate existing skills and experience into something that can fulfill whatever career needs you're facing that have prompted that desire for change. Usually there's something that's come up into our lives that's pushing us to make that change. And it's not necessarily a good time for us to go back to school, a good time to do some of those things that we'd maybe love to do but the reality of life doesn't let us. So we really focus on what do you already have and where could we translate that or move that where you might be a little bit happier or hopefully more than a little bit happier every day when you go to work. So the career process does start with knowing who you are and what you like to do. And this is the area addressed by most of the assessments that you'll find out on the Internet, in the books, they're really focusing on you. We'll talk more about these activities and assessments that are helpful during this phase. But that's just part of the first step about job search. Then we also have to look at the information we know about us and compare it to the market. What is available in maybe the geographic area we want to live? Who does what we want to do? What do the opportunities look like in the type of field that we're considering? And what type of people do they, do you want to work with? Creating this framework external to yourself is really a big part of the career process that many career changers struggle with. So we're going to dig in a little bit there. And then lastly, the third step is to build that bridge from where we are to where we, wanted, where we want to be. So we're going to talk about several strategies for building that bridge and and taking some next steps. You are welcome and more than welcome to take advantage of the opportunity to ask me a question about career change. You can either call in live at 866-472-5790 or email me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com with your questions. So go ahead and give me a call, 866-472-5790 if you're listening to this live or shoot me an email and we will answer your career questions today as we go through the show. So let's go ahead and get started. And let's talk about that first step in the career change process, which is really that 
internal part. What is it that you like to do? What is it that that you want to do more of in your job? One of my favorite pieces of research on careers coming out today is some Gallup poll research that tells us that we'll be more successful, whatever success means to us, whether that's moving up, making more money, whatever that might be, that we'll be more successful if we are doing something that we like. Now, that might sound like a luxury. You know, getting to do what you want to do, that's not reality, right? But if you sit down and think about it, what happens when you're forced or when a big part of your job is something that you don't like to do? Most people in my workshops will say, you don't do it as well, right? You procrastinate. Or maybe you get it done really quickly. Some of us talk about eating our frogs in the morning. I've never really loved that analogy, but it's out there, right? That we're going to do the things we don't really want to do first in the morning. And although we might do them, and some of us might contend that we do really well at anything we do, it doesn't matter how much we like it, I tend to disagree that our best work is when we're actually good at and enjoying what we do. And this is great for us right now, because if you're looking to make a career change, especially, finding something that you like to do and going after it will probably be just as quick of a job search as finding something that the news says is growing or Yahoo Education says is the hottest career. There's a happy medium there that we're going to talk about today between what you're good at and what you know how to do and what the market says. And finding that happy medium is part of the challenge of making a career change. So this is where we want to start when we're doing the career change process. What is it that I like to do? Sit down. It doesn't take an assessment to do this. You can use them. We'll talk about it. But really, it's just sitting down and thinking about making a list of the things that you like to do, the tasks you enjoy in your everyday job. What gives you energy when you're at work? The strengths process talks about thinking about what we lose time when we're doing. What do we volunteer to do? either at work or in a volunteer setting? What gives you that sense of satisfaction at the end of the day? Hopefully we get it every now and then. And so think about, what is it that gives me that satisfaction at the end of the day? That's important for us to really think about what we like to do. And these are what career professionals called your motivated skills. You can search that term. You can find motivated skills, card sorts, where you're really thinking about what am I good at and like to do. So there's a, an assessment that I like to use called the Strengths Finder, which helps you get at some of those skills. And, and also the Motivated Skills card sort put out by Richard Nodell. That's a great resource for sitting down and really getting some language around the things that I like to do. You may do what is called an appreciative inquiry process where you're writing stories about what you love to do, the things that have been a highlight of your career, then you're really sitting down and 
appreciating and and digging into those things that have been good in your career and then looking for themes, skill sets that come across in all of those stories. Yeah, there's a little bit of work involved in these exercises, but when they come from within, when the verbiage and the skills comes from within instead of an assessment maybe that tells us what they are, there's more power there. Usually we're more connected to that skill set, and we know what it really means to us when we've used it, how it's been applied, and those skill sets and connecting with those skill sets can be really powerful. As we're doing that, we want to think about how these skill sets can relate to other positions. Who do you know that gets to do that skill on a regular basis? Maybe someone within your work, maybe someone within your your home or your, your relatives or your friends. Who do you know that gets to do that? And then thinking about what are their job titles, right? All the whole world wonderfully boils down to job titles. What jobs are you looking for? And so we want to think about skills and skill sets that can be put together and folded within a job title. So as you're thinking about these skills and you're looking through and getting themes and the skills that you've used, think about how they'd be used together and how much you might want to use that skill. If you love to manage people, what percentage of your job would managing people be? If you love to perform or speak, again, how much of your job would you want that to be? If you're an inventor and you like to invent and create things, again, how much of your job, how much of your time do you want to spend doing that? Or maybe you like to evaluate or diagnose things that someone else has created. So we can look at all of these different skill sets and really think about what we want to do. And really, that's the first piece of the puzzle in the first step of our search, is that focusing on the internal what. And that's probably, again, where maybe you've already done some focus. So going back and looking through that information and starting to pull it together and organize it, getting those skill sets into groupings and thinking about what skill sets relate to to other skill sets. So when you... When you think about what you, what you want to do in terms of everyday skills, that's just the first piece. And so we're going to talk about when we come back for break, we're going to talk about the what, the why, and the how, and then how we actually make that step happen once we get those pieces of the puzzle together. So come back, and if you've got questions, feel free to give me a call, 866 866- Four seven two five five seven nine zero again eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero or email me at marie m a r i e at a strategic advantage dot com with your questions and when we come back we're going to explore some of these why and how and where questions and talk about some of the clients that I've worked with and how they've been successful in their career change so we'll have you back in just a few minutes. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. 
You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Are you a business owner, CEO, or senior executive who is looking to set your organization apart from the rest? Listen for Business Liaisons with your host, Treste Loving. On this program, you'll learn what keeps many companies from achieving their greatest potential. You'll learn how to keep your bottom line in check with the most up-to-date strategies, diverse ideas, and tips on building and maintaining solid business relationships. Business Liaisons can be heard live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. We are talking about making a career change. So you may be thinking about making a career change along with about 70% of America. And maybe you're struggling with how to take that next step. We've been talking a bit about the what and figuring out what we want to do, the skills that we want to use, everyday things we want to do in our next job, and some of the ways we might come to defining that what without using assessments. Perhaps we don't have access or we've used a lot of assessments and have some of that information sitting around. And so we've talked about how to pull that information together and really focus on translating those skills into how they might fit into the working world. What roles do people play? What job titles fit with a collection of skills that we'd like to do? So now we've talked about the what, Next, we're going to talk about the why. The why is usually where good marketing starts. If you think about a phone company, many phone companies start by telling you the what, right? We sell phones. We sell phones. We sell phones because they're cool. We, we sell phones because you need them. But they tell you that what first, what they do. One of the things that Apple has done differently in that market is they've talked about the why first, right? The why is being connected. The why is sharing. All the commercials usually focus more on an emotional why than the phone itself. And as job seekers or career professionals looking to make a change, we can start with the why. I've typically found it's a bit challenging. So starting with the what 
can help us get our juices flowing, thinking about what we like to do, thinking about how those skills fit. And then we can dig into the why. What isn't working in our career life? What isn't working between the two of those right now? What isn't working at work itself? Or why are we being drawn to something else? For some of us, it might be easiest to start with what's not working. In addition to doing what I call an energy inventory about what we like to do, maybe we create that inventory about the things that drain our energy, both in task and in, in bigger picture ideas about work. That can be a place to start. A few years ago, I met a, a colleague at a networking group. He was a sales guy for a local business and seemed to be very good at his job. One day, he came into the group and shared that he would be moving into a more research-focused position with a new organization. Being the career counselor that I am, of course, I couldn't help but ask why he'd made the change. We went to lunch, and he told me the story, and it turned out that he'd been trained to be a sociologist in college and even went to grad school for it and then spent 30 years in sales and business management positions, all of which he was good in and and enjoyed and helped his companies, but really always wished he could find a position that used his degree. So when he saw the position at this new organization, he saw the opportunity to put together his sales and small business experience and his degrees in sociology. And now, if you asked him today, he would say he does his dream job. So we were going to talk more about how he made this transition and how he built the bridge to get there a little bit later. But it was amazing to see his focus draw together so quickly because he shared with me that he didn't really know what he wanted to do. He knew he was unhappy, but he didn't know where to go with that, didn't know how he could take his skills somewhere else. And when he saw that opportunity, those two just came together for him. And it really let him fulfill a lot of his values, using his training, using his experience, getting to do the skill sets that he liked to use, researching, digging in. And he was helping the community and continuing his, edu- his interaction with small businesses. He also got the salary that he was looking for or close enough and all of the pieces came together, although he did have to make a few trade-offs, which we'll talk about a little bit later, too. But that's part of what happens when we can get to our why, is maybe instead of waiting for a position to come around that puts it together for us, we can put those things together for ourselves and start looking and creating opportunities more proactively. When we start thinking about our why, One of the career tools is values activities. So thinking about your career values. What do you want out of your career? What are you looking for to make a work experience happier? What does work happiness mean to you? Is it a higher salary? More stability? Maybe you're trying to get out of the contract rut. Is it more intellectual challenge? the opportunity to use certain skill sets, having flexibility. 
There are several, especially college career sites, have developed worksheets on career values. Uh, University of California, Berkeley had a, a great one, downloadable form, where you can do this quick values exercise and really get some ideas around what it is that's most important to you. The hard thing about values is that they tend to change throughout our lifetime. When we're young, maybe we want those higher earnings, we're okay with working long hours, we're just going to push through and, and get what we need out of work, and then we have a family, and maybe we need to scale back, or a parent gets sick and we need to scale back. And then in later in life, maybe we want to do something different. We want to explore a different skill set or a different type of work or a different type of organization. And so our values and what we're looking for out of work really change over our lifetime. Now, sometimes a bad experience helps us highlight something that we need in our next job. Maybe you haven't been making enough money to make ends meet, and so that really becomes your focus for the next job. Maybe we haven't been appreciated for our skills, and so we're really seeking an environment that will value those skill sets. For me, it was working in a position where I was extremely micromanaged, and I never would have thought that independence would be high on my values list. Then I got into a position where really, if I was in my chair from 8 to noon and 1 to 5, was the biggest measurement of success. After that position, independence came up high on all of the values activities that I did because I realized that that was something that I really needed was control over my own schedule and the ability to make decisions and and make change, make things happen. So getting an idea of those values, what are we really looking for? Then we might move into doing some career visioning. One of the activities in career visioning is to sit down and write yourself a letter as if it was 10 years from now. What are you doing? Why are you enjoying it? What is it around you that makes it enjoyable? The environment. The people. Maybe the tasks, if you can get that concrete. What is it that work has brought to your life in the last 10 years? You don't have to get that specific if you can't see the details. It's not as much about the job as it is about what is working in that situation for you. What is it about work that is contributing to your life at that point? The most challenging part of the values exercise is prioritizing. We really need to think about what we're going to choose when reality pushes on us. Can we make the salary we want to make without moving? There's a fine balance between moving the needle on our career happiness and not setting unrealistic goals or expectations for the next career step. As I mentioned, my colleague who moved into a new position, great position, get to use your new skills or get to use your old skill sets, right? Get to use your degree you earned 30 years ago get to continue serving community, being involved, do more analysis, all of those things that that he valued. And he really had to look at a slight decrease in pay and think about where was the trade-off? Would he continue working in sales positions that, that gave him a certain salary 
or would he make the change to use some of the skill sets and do something a little bit different? And that trade-off may not always look the same. I've also worked with people who wanted to make a certain amount of money, and and that made moving part of the equation, or giving up some work-life balance. Making those trade-offs is one of the most difficult things, and if we can prioritize ahead of time, then we can find it easier to make those decisions when we're faced with them further down the career change road. So thinking about our why also brings in some of the how we want to work. Do we like working in teams? Do we like a fast-paced environment? Do we like things that are a little more steady? This is maybe a smaller piece of the puzzle, but it's important to examine before we get too far down the career decision-making path. I just talked to a prospective client the other day who's been working from home for many years. Now, as many people who've been working from home find, they'd like to be in an office where they can interact daily with an in-person team. And they shared one of the companies that they're targeting, whom I know has a heavy work-from-home slant. And we talked about that and realized that if that client had not known that part of what they were looking for was at home, and if I hadn't known that this company doesn't, or that they're looking to work from an office and this company likes to have people work from home, then you might not ask that question in an interview and end up in the same situation, right? Going straight from the frying pan into the fire. And so by really thinking about what we need and what we're looking for out of work, both in the why we work and how we work, then we can ask better questions, both when we're doing our career research and when we're job seeking. So now we've gone through the what, the why, and the how. And when you come back, we're going to start looking at the where. Where are we going to take these skills? And why is it going to make us happier to make that move? So we'll come back in just a few minutes. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. 
What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. We are talking today about career change and career change one of the maybe most challenging things that happens to us in our career when we want to get out of what we're doing, maybe in terms of the role that we play within an organization, or maybe we just want to do it in a different kind of place. And so we've been talking about the what, what we want to do, the skills we want to use, and that's really the first piece of the puzzle is really honing in on the skills we want to use every day. What do we like to do that we're good at? Then we've talked about the why, and that's what are we looking for out of work. That's our career values. What is it that we need for work to give us every day to feel more fulfilled than we do today? Then we talked a little bit about the how, which fits into that why. The how is... Do we want to work in a certain type of office? Do we want to work more with people or alone? What is it that works in terms of work style for us? So now we're ready to move on to the where. And that's the fourth piece of our first step here. And that where is really talking about what types of businesses, what types of industries. It's looking outside of ourselves and start looking at the market. Right? We can get... Get wrapped up in us and what do we want to do and then get out there into the job market and find that maybe it doesn't match up with why we want to work and the things that we need out of work. So we might start by thumbing through the business index in our yellow pages or a local business journal is probably the best thing if you can go to the local library, ask if they have a business journal and thinking about what companies or types of businesses we want to work with. If we have some in mind already, we can start making a list, thinking about why they're appealing. Is it their culture? What is it about their culture? Is it their product or service? Do we want to work for a for-profit or a non-profit? How many employees, how big of a company do we want to work for? If they're a non-profit, what population or mission do they serve? Helping the homeless? educating kids, outdoor opportunities, and the same thing with a for-profit company, right? Those products or services. Now, you might be thinking, because I hear this a lot, well, I don't really care. I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that job seekers make when they're seeking. If you're an accountant or a marketing professional, you might say, well, it doesn't matter what industry I work in. All companies hire people like me. And you're right. But what I hear as a recruiter or a hiring manager, when you say, oh, it doesn't matter what kind of company I work in, 
what I hear is I, I really don't care where I work. And I know that it's highly likely 70% of my workforce is already disengaged, right? Our Gallup poll research. So I really don't want to hire someone who already seems detached from what my organization does. So we'll talk about this more next week when we discuss job search strategy. But part of the idea here is that when we're making a career change, it's not just knowing the what we want to do, the skills, the strengths, but also where we might want to apply these strengths. What draws our interest? What is it that is going to get us intrigued and engaged in work every day? And with these two pieces of information, the what and the where, then move into our step three, right? We've discovered some of the industries we might want to work for. Maybe that's healthcare. Maybe that's alternative medicine. We love all the herbal medicines that are coming out today. Maybe we love working in the entertainment business or breweries. It's a big one in northern Colorado, right? Telecommunications, whatever it is that might be drawing our interest, that's an area that we will hang on to. Write it down. Research it more. I think one of our one of the things we have to fight when we're making a career change is thinking that if we stay fairly open, we'll land something quicker. Good marketing shows us that it's best and most powerful when I clear about the product, right? That's the what we're selling, what we want to do, and we're clear about the target audience. And that's this where. Who is your audience? I was working with a middle-aged woman a few years ago who had worked customer service type positions in retail. Worked at some kind of more craftsy stores, worked at some retail stores, and really had figured out that that was not a good fit for her. She didn't mind it, she could do it, but it was boring, not a great place for her to be. We started to dive into some of these interest conversations, and she loved construction. So we started talking about what would it look like if she was going to take an administrative position in a construction company. Little change, right? Little change. Same skill set, just a new industry where the people, the projects, the services were more interesting. And making that little change sounded so exciting. And that's what we're trying to tap into. Get out of the thinking that it's got to be a huge change, that we need to shake up everything to make it work. And maybe we do. And maybe just changing that little piece of where we are or maybe what we do can help us get happier with our everyday work. So we've got these two informations, right? Our what, what does it we want to do, the skills we want to use, and our where, where do we want to use those skills. And we start looking for job titles. This is a great use of social media, especially LinkedIn, because we could go on there and find a company that we want to work for and find out what employees are on LinkedIn, right? A lot of times we can see 10, 15, maybe more employees at their company. What are their job titles? If they have any content that you can see, what do they do? And so you start to build this idea of 
positions, titles, roles from your skills and your where, your, your market focus. And so you're challenging yourself not to look at open positions. Your mission first is to broaden your mind about what might be out there. How might you translate your skills? Then you start to see some titles that stick. You're using these keywords to search in job sites, Indeed.com, Career Builder, Monster, whichever ones you like. And again, you're not necessarily looking for open positions. Don't need to stick to your geography because we're just looking for titles and descriptions that ring your bell. That's the second step, is to take this internal stuff of the what, why, how, and where and start to put it out there and see what is actually out there that resonates with what we're looking for. Now, sometimes there aren't open positions that fit what we're looking for, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about our career research here in a minute. But that's the first idea, is to open our mind about what might be out there. It might be by talking through, talking to for parents, friends, family, you can use Facebook to do that. Really engaging your existing network to do some of this research. And doing that research gets some of those titles, things in that can be richer and help us think about outside of the box if you want to think. Outside of the box things we might want to do. So we've talked a lot about activities that you can do on your own. And I want to take a time out here and just for a second talk about assessments. So as a career counselor, I am trained in delivering the Myers-Briggs type indicator and the strong interest inventory. And you can go online. You can take some of these assessments. You can also take something similar to the Myers-Briggs called, called the Kersey temperament sort. And so you can get some of this information for yourself. What I love about the MBTI and Strong Interest Inventory combined, if you do that with a counselor in your, in your local area, maybe something your local community college offers or workforce center, it's a, a good way to get job titles outside of our box. Now, sometimes it just gives us job titles we would have loved to have done if we would have chosen to do that at the beginning. Right, an engineer. Well, great, I'm not going to go back to college and become an engineer, and it's, but I, it's cool, I would have been good at that, right? So sometimes those assessments might give us things that aren't necessarily helpful. And sometimes they point out things that are totally doable and we wouldn't have ever thought of. I was working with a client a few years ago who'd been through several career changes, right? She fit that average of changing every five to seven years and was looking to make another change. We'd gone through some titles based on her skills that she wanted to use and the places that she thought she might want to work. And we also did the Myers-Briggs and the Strong Interest Inventory as another way to get some new information. She was open to going back to school, so it was helpful for her to, to explore all of the opportunities. And what a great setting to be in where you're working and you have the freedom to explore some, some opportunities. And so through that process, the assessments came out with the idea of being a librarian, something that we never would have gotten to just going through the exercises that we've gone through. Of course, today, that career choice does take a master's degree 
something that was already on this client's radar and dive right in, get volunteering, get connected, start grad school, and, and off she went. So thinking about assessments and how they, they can be helpful, they can be helpful for sure in helping us articulate our values, helping us articulate our strengths, giving us language. That's always just the purpose of an assessment is to give us a place to start from, give us some language. And then specifically for those two assessments combined, helping us add maybe some job titles to our pool, our list that we're creating through doing some other activities as well. Thinking that we're going to take an assessment and it's going to spit out job titles that are that are going to be on track for us and fit right along with what we've been thinking is probably not um, a realistic expectation. So thinking about how we can use assessments to help that career change process is really powerful. So now that we have some specific job titles and we've looked at the market, we've come up with how they fit in, we're ready to embark on career research. So when we come back, our last segment, we're going to talk more about doing career research, some of the do's and don'ts, and how do you really get out there and start doing it. So we'll come back in just a few minutes and we're going to get going on your career research to take you to the next step. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back. We are talking about career change today. And career change 
really something that lots of folks are doing in our market. It's a great time to do it. There's opportunities abounding in the market. And so thinking about how we make that happen. So we talked about our first step, which is really internal, looking at the what we want to do, which is our skill sets, the where we want to do it, that's the companies we might be looking at, and then some of the underlying parts of the why we want to work and the how we want to work. And so when we're looking at that first step, we've gathered those four boxes of information about ourselves, then we want to look outward. And so we talked a little bit about ways to collect job titles or roles that match with those skills and that industry pairing that we'd love to do. And thinking about starting where we have contacts, using our social media, and then moving out and using some of the job boards to look at titles and gather information We're not worried about open positions. We're just looking for what titles seem to use the skill sets I want to use and be present, be available in the organizations I want to work in. And now we're going to talk about, okay, I've identified some of those titles that sound interesting, some of those organizations maybe that sound interesting. What do I do now? So what we're going to talk about now is career research. And first, we can do some stuff online. We don't want to get stuck online because we can live forever. But there are a few things online that can be helpful. The first one would be acinet.org. And that's America's Career Infonet, acinet.org, which is a Bureau of Labor site set up to give you information about certain careers. So if you're making a bigger change, going on there to get some of that information might be helpful. They have career videos where someone's talking about what they do and can help you narrow down. Maybe this isn't what you thought it was. Maybe this doesn't pay what you need it to pay. Cutting out some of those ideas that hopefully you've brainstormed through steps one and two. So you go online, you do some of that research, you start to hone in on a few things that sound really interesting. Now we're going to get you out there and we're going to have you do career research conversations. You may have heard about informational interviews. I am on a one-woman quest to get rid of that term. Informational interview, when you ask someone for an informational interview, I think all they hear is the word interview and immediately you get negative responses. So going to take that term out of your vocabulary, you are doing career research. And so you want to think about what do I want to know about these careers so that I can ask people good questions. Then you want to think about who can I find, right? And I would encourage you to start with people that you know. Start even on Facebook. Start emailing the people you already know. And asking them, who do you know that does X? Who do you know that does Y? And you're really using that network to do your research. Now, there can be benefit also to building a network in the organizations that you want to go into, or at least in the industries that you want to go into. And so you're doing some connecting to research. So this might 
be that I find someone on LinkedIn who does what I think I want to do. And I can write them a message and say, I'm very interested in what you do. I'd love to spend five to ten minutes talking about what you do and how you got into it. Right? It's a, it's a research approach. So I'm doing some research to learn more about careers in graphic design. And I'm calling to see if you would speak to me about your career path. Calling gets the best results. You can do it via email. You'll get maybe 20% people respond. Do it on LinkedIn or Facebook. Again, you have some network there, so you may get 60 to 70%. If you call, you'll get about 90% of people who say yes. So use your network, find a name, call them, say, hi, I was referred to you by my contact, and I'm doing some research about careers. I'm interested in learning more about the industry or the career and would love to brainstorm some next steps. I'd like the chance to meet with you at a time that's convenient for you, and you might want to ask for 30 to 45 minutes. Sounds like a long time, but you'll need that time. If you don't ask for it, then you'll go over. And I'm not looking for you to know about open positions. I'm really just wanting your advice. Oh, boy. Don't we love to give advice? And everybody does. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for advice. You're looking for their story. You're not looking for open positions. Take some of the pressure off of you. Take some of the pressure off of them. It's really just about getting information so that you can decide if that's the right path for you or not. I've talked to so many people who say, oh, I'm just going to apply there to get my foot in the door and work my way up. Or I'm just going to take a class in this to see if I like it. All the time and energy and money that we're investing in things that we don't know that much about, when maybe just having a 30 to 45 minute conversation with someone we know or someone a step out from someone we know, right, a second level connection, might save us a bunch of time or might give us the information that we know that we need to present ourselves in a way to get hired for that next position. And most of the time, that's what starts to build our bridge. So as we're talking about building a bridge to our new position, the first thing is to to really look at that we don't need to jump uh, over a cliff, right? We don't need to jump over a cliff to this new position. It can be a small change. It can be a small change in the right direction, right? If I'm working with an accountant who's interested in working in the nonprofit realm, easiest bridge position for her is to become an accountant in a nonprofit, right? Then she might move up to be a program director or coordinate or be an executive director. But using that skill set that she already has to get her in the door is going to be a much easier move for her than just going for that executive director position. So thinking about a bridge position, not really hot on the idea of you know, a, a position that we get just to fill the gap, always thinking about, is this position getting me even closer to where I want to go, even just a little bit closer to where I want to go? So that's one way we might make that bridge. The other way we might make the bridge is simply by doing the networking we're doing to do the career research, right? My colleague who got the new position going from sales to political analysis 
it was because he had the network, because he was known in the organization that he was going to interview at. They knew him already. They didn't know that skill set that he had, but they knew him already. And so it was an easier transition because people knew him. So that networking is part of our bridge, getting a position to make a step. Maybe it's doing something volunteer-wise to make that step. And we need to be very strategic about the position that we get, the volunteer opportunity that we look for to make that bridge. I always say stocking shelves at the food bank might be a great thing to do. It's probably not going to get you into the nonprofit realm unless you're making connections or doing something to be known in the nonprofit community. So thinking about how we can use the volunteer opportunities and make it a win-win, right? We give our time and expertise to an organization. What does that time and expertise want to look like on our side? Does it fit their needs, of course? And then how can we make that a networking opportunity for ourselves? So as you're thinking about your career change, it's really about taking that internal what, where, why, and how, putting it out, seeing what's out in the market that fits, that jives with what we want to do, and then doing that career research. And that's going to be the hardest part, getting out there and talking to people. So start with the people that you already know. Build connections through the people you already are connected to and do your research to move yourself to the next step. Once you get talking to people, it'll start to flow. So if you're moving along this process and you're having challenges, check in with your local workforce center. They may have resources for you. Check in with your local college or community college. Or you can always look up a career counselor, career coach. Lots of them work nationally including myself. So thank you for joining me tonight. This is Marie Zimanoff, the host of The Career Confidant. And make sure you check out your Get Career Smart tip at getcareersmart.com for this week. And it'll have resources and lots of other things for you to use as you make your career change. So good luck and move on, career changers. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.